Hello, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. This is Pastor Brian Owens, and man, I miss you. <laughs> I wish that we could be together, but again, we're not. But know that I continue to pray for you. Know that we will be together very soon. I do pray that the worship at home uh, guides that I have been giving you through email have been helpful. Uh, you can find those in the emails that I have sent to you, or if you need to find them on Facebook, they're often posted there every Sunday morning as well. And so I pray that as we worship together through these times apart, that if we follow the same structure of worship at home, we are together in spirit, God's Holy Spirit. These are uncertain times. We live in a new normal. And I'm still trying to wrestle with how we define what that is. And that's part of what the new normal is. It's constantly changing. Whenever we are comfortable, we have come to a point where we everything is normal and routine brings us peace and ease and comfort. Suddenly a new normal comes along because of a disruption. And what a disruption we're in. Two months ago, we were normal. Now we are in a new normal, not just isolated locally. This is a worldwide new normal, a worldwide disruption that none of us really saw coming, yet it happened. The passage of Scripture today that we will be looking at, I think, is some words from God that will give us comfort in this time of disruption, this time of new normal. As God comforted his people Israel, he comforts us the same way. If we are his people in the church, if we are God's redeemed, then we have the same hope in the prophecy and the promise that we see here in Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to be reading verses 27 through 31. God speaking through his prophet Isaiah says this, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Pray with me, please. Dear God, this passage of Scripture from your prophet Isaiah brings comfort to us. These words are words that we grab onto in times of despair. And so, God, I thank you for promising your strength to those who are weak. And Lord, right now, in a, a sense of a new normal, we, we feel lost, we feel uncertain. Whatever we were standing upon as our solid rock before has now been ripped out from underneath us, and we are weak and exhausted in trying to fix it. And so, God, I pray this today that you would love us, that you would speak to us through your word, 
and remind us of where our strength comes from. It's not within ourselves because we're exhausted. And so we depend upon you, Father, and your limitless strength and your unwavering grace and mercy. Speak to us now, I pray, Father. Teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapters 40 through 46 have often been called the fifth gospel. You know, the New Testament has four gospels speaking about the life of Jesus Christ and the good news of the salvation that he promises us. But Isaiah chapter 40 begins to introduce to us in the Old Testament prophets the very same message, the very same promise and explanation of hope through the gospel that we see culminated in Jesus Christ. These chapters, Isaiah chapters 40 through 46, are are quoted more often in the New Testament than just about any other Old Testament prophecies. And this is one of the reasons that these sections of Isaiah's prophecy are called the fifth gospel. A little bit of background here before we really dive into Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. We need to understand the context of the chapter. The vast majority of chapter 40 is speaking about God's comfort for his people. Now, if God needs to comfort his people, or if the people need God's comfort, then there must have been something disruptive that was happening. God speaks here in chapter 40 through Isaiah that he wants to comfort his people by speaking tenderly to them in the midst of their sorrow and despair. And in so doing, he reminds the nation of Israel, he reminds his chosen people that he is God, that his word never wavers, that what he says is guaranteed and stands forever. And through that, God proves His greatness, how wonderful He is, how strong He is. He says here in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13, Who has measured the Spirit of the Lord, or what man shows Him His counsel? I think God makes it pretty clear here that you and I do not define God, that we do not decide God's greatness. We do not determine His greatness. God Himself determines His greatness, and He does not need us to measure it. God will show Himself to us, and in so doing, we will be standing in awe before Him. That's what Isaiah chapter 40 is pointing to. Now, Isaiah chapter 40 also introduces What God is saying will happen, it is a prophecy for the nation of Israel that they will end up in captivity and they will be isolated and separated from their normal and they're going to come into a time of despair. That sounds familiar now? I mean, we had a new normal two months ago and now we're in a new normal. And the new normal is not very normal because what we are continuing to see is that our circumstances in this isolation through the COVID-19 pandemic is that it even two months later after the initial calls for staying at home were ordered, we still have no certainty. Everything is still constantly changing. And that could be exhausting. Now Isaiah's got a prophecy here in chapter 40, verse 27 
is now at the very end of chapter 40, as God is now laying out exactly that he will comfort his people by telling them, you're going to be in a time of despair. You're going to need my comfort and consoling because this Babylonian captivity is coming. Now, verses 27 through 31, God speaking through his prophet Isaiah now takes everything that he has described in the first 26 verses of this chapter and now says, here it is. This is what it's going to look like. Now, this is my love and my comfort applied to you. Verse 27, Isaiah the prophet says, Why do you ask, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Verse 27 reflects a lament, a a crying out of sorrow to the Lord as if God is distant. That's an honest expression of emotion, especially when we are in times of sorrow and despair. It's a common theme throughout Scripture. If we are exhausted, if we are at the end of our rope, when everything that we felt confident in has been disrupted, we could easily look to God and think that He has abandoned us because nothing is stable and that God is no longer listening. And so God is laying out this very true emotion here that when you, Israel, come to this point and you look up to me and you think that I have left you, I want to remind you of my greatness and remind you that I love you. Verse 28, Isaiah chapter 40. God now responds to this cry of lament, of thinking that God has abandoned us. And he says in verse 28, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Now verse 28 here is in stark contrast to the verse before it, verse 27. God's people... Those who have reached the end of their rope, they're in a new normal, their lives have been disrupted, and they are now exhausted by trying to fix it, are being reminded that even though they faint and are weary, God himself, the creator of all things, the creator of the ends of the earth, his love is everlasting, his very existence never stops, and God, he does not faint or grow weary. Now, this idea of being faint is going to be something that's applied directly to you and me, the human condition, not just physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. We have our limits. There will come a point where no matter how hard we work, no matter how strong that we come, we are going to reach a point of weakness and we will faint from the exertion. The idea of faint here implies weakness. It implies weariness. It also implies an exhausted self-confidence because this is what God has done for his people here. God's people here in Isaiah's prophecy have so depended on themselves that they have depended on their own strength. There will come a time when when we try to stand on our own efforts, when we try to stand on our own uh, strength, we will eventually reach a point of exhaustion. Our self-confidence will fade. Also, this idea of being faint implies that our pride has extended itself to its limits. Now, physically, 
you and I know that if we continue to walk or run, there's going to come a limit to where we're just going to stop. (laughs) If we try to run or walk too far, there comes a point where our side hurts so much we can't catch our breath and we have no other choice but to stop and lay down on the ground or sit on the ground because we've exhausted ourselves. This is what has happened here in verses 27 and 28 of Isaiah chapter 40. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? In other words, you have reached your limit. (laughs) You're crying out to me as if I have somehow quit, but the truth is God is telling him, the people, you are the ones, you have now reached your limits. And that's exactly where God wants us to be. You see, verse 27 reminds us that in light of who God is, how can his people who are going to be in exile think that God had abandoned them? You may at this point, two months into an isolation at home with your family, with your children, away from your church, away from your loved ones, away from your work routine, you may think that you're in exile. And that, you know, we kind of are. But we can also get to a point of exhaustion in this time where we think that God is somehow no longer at work and we're going to try to fix things on our own. But we've reached our limits. And God reminds us in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, don't forget who I am. You may be weak, but at, this, at your weakest point, at this time of exhaustion where you're trying to turn things around on your own and trying to fix things on your own, remember who I am. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God wants us to remember His greatness that He speaks about throughout all of Isaiah chapter 40. God says, I am the creator and I do not faint or grow weary. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Furthermore, God reminds us in verse 28 that His understanding is unsearchable. In other words, in contrast to the human will, God's will is never going to fade. God's will is greater than ours, and we do not understand God's will. You see, the human mind cannot comprehend God's wisdom. And in this time of isolation, in this time of exile that we see here in Isaiah chapter 40 that God is talking about here, we're not going to fully comprehend what God is doing. We're not going to fully comprehend even the full ramifications of the exile. But God is reminding us here that His understanding is unsearchable because He does not faint, He is not weary, He does not Stop. And at the point of our exhaustion, at the point of our limits, is when we will turn to God and depend on Him. And that's the very foundation of the gospel. Look here in verse 29. He, being God, gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. You see, the weakness of the human will is that which God strengthens through faith. So the very, the very ability to have faith and to trust God, look here in verse 29, means that God himself gives the power to the faint. If you and I are at a point of fainting in our spirit, God himself gives us the power 
to stand up again. And it's not our own power at all. It's God's power replacing our weakness. And when we think of this in light of the gospel, this is exactly what happens in the lives of the sinner. The sinner reaches a point of exhaustion and trying to be in control. The sinner's self-confidence reaches its limits to the point that it has no other choice but to look to God. And our will surrenders because it's too tired to fight anymore. And God's will controls and God's will lifts us up. And and the, the strength that we then have is no longer ours. The strength that we have is now God's strength, His power within us, replacing that which is weak. And we become new people. (laughs) That's what Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 reminds us of. Because the human will cannot save our souls. We may think we can. We may think that our will is what brings us to God. We may think that God is waiting and just passively waiting for us to change our mind. And our will turn to God. But that's not going to happen. We see this in Isaiah's prophecy We see it all throughout Scripture that God's will and God's strength is much greater and stronger than ours ever could be. And these verses at the end of Isaiah chapter 40 remind us of that. That there is no strength spiritually or physically that we could ever exert that is enough to redeem us and return us to God. Because we're going to fall. We're weak. Now, verses 30 through 31 of Isaiah chapter 40 are the glory of the gospel here. Now, think about this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. I mean, isn't that the the idea of the young? They're invincible. (laughs) I mean, even during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic, One of the pleas and the cries from the health officials is, 20-year-olds, you think that you've got the world conquered and that you'll never get sick. You're invincible. But God reminds us here that even youth, even young people, shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. There comes a point that even the unlimited energy that a young life has physically will come to an end. That physical energy will come to a point of its limits. But just like the physical limits are real, so are the spiritual limits that we have. We will be spiritually exhausted in trying to live up to God's law, trying to earn His favor, and trying to live an upright life in the eyes and the will of God. There comes a point where we, no matter how young we are, we're going to fall and be exhausted. But look here in verse 31. Here's the, here's the hope of the gospel in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Even the youth, even those who are faint, all who have reached their limits, verse 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Now let's understand Isaiah 40 verse 31 in its correct context and not misunderstand what God is saying here through his prophet Isaiah. So many have taken this one verse 
out of context and applied it to human strength and human will that they totally miss the context here. The entire passage is talking about how we have reached our limits and that we are weak and exhausted, but it is God's strength that will renew our strength. It is God's will that will mount us up with his wings like eagles, and it is God who will take us who have fallen in exhaustion. And when we stop running, when we're weary, and God himself will cause us to walk and not faint. That's the point of Isaiah 40, verse 31. You see, because there is a general principle here that patience and and the prayer of believers are blessings to God. And God grants strength to those who are patient and pray in the midst of their trials. God grants His strength to those who have acknowledged their weakness and their exhaustion physically and spiritually. God alone brings salvation since we are too weak to save ourselves. That's what's happening here in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. God's people have gotten to a point where they can no longer save themselves, and the only Savior that they could ever hope for and trust is God himself, and he will send his son, Jesus Christ, to be that Savior and to redeem his people and cause them to be new. This is the very description of salvation. This is the very description of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can be saved and that we can be rescued from our circumstances. And it is through God's grace, his sovereign grace, who is allowing all of these circumstances to happen so that we depend upon him and that he loves us and shows us his strength and his power and puts that within us and renews us. Because the theme here of Isaiah chapter 40 is this idea of God's comfort for his people as they are going into captivity into Babylon. It is foretold here in these chapters in Isaiah that they will go into captivity. Their enemies will capture them, and they will reach the limits of their strength, and they'll turn to God. Now, the Apostle Paul helps us understand this prophecy here, and exactly what God is doing. Turn with me to Romans chapter 11. And the Apostle Paul makes a wonderful connection here of what is happening with God's people Israel in their captivity and in their exile and shows us what God is ultimately doing. He's showing us God's understanding, his mind that is unsearchable. God reveals this through the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I want you to understand this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. (laughs) Wow. You see, Paul is pointing to exactly what's happening here, that God is allowing circumstances of misery and isolation and exile for his people Israel so that they will see that God himself is initiating a covenant and that God himself will take away their sins. Now, as uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 28 
As regards the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. Verse 32 of Romans chapter 11. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. You see, that's what's happening in Isaiah chapter 40. God is consigning, he is signing over his people Israel to their disobedience and their sin for one reason, is so that his mercy can be poured out upon them and they will see who their strength is and they will depend upon God and God himself will revive and restore his people by forgiving their sins, taking them away through the blood of Jesus Christ, and then and only then will they see the truth of the gospel. You see, God allows difficult times to happen. He allows the normal to be disrupted to a new normal so that His mercy will be seen. Now look here at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. See that right there? Paul is tying into Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, as Isaiah says that the faint and the weary do not understand God's mind because it's unsearchable. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. You see, Paul in this passage describes Israel's salvation. A prophecy that Isaiah is laying out here in Isaiah chapter 40. So when we are faint and we are weary spiritually and even physically, that is when God himself will restore us. He'll strengthen us. And he mounts us up on wings like eagles, so that we can run and not be weary, so that we can walk the walk of Christ and not faint. Pray with me, please. Father God, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the mercy that you express here in this prophecy of Isaiah. And all, Father God, we thank you even more that all of this has been fulfilled and completed in the blood and the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Dear God, we cannot save ourselves and we must depend on you. And so we ask you, dear Father, to strengthen us, to give us your endurance through this time of isolation and exile and uncertainty. Lord, anyone who is hearing these words right now who do not know your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would love them and that you would observe their weariness as they are fainting spiritually before your presence, God. Please show your love and your compassion on them as you promise you will. 
and redeem them, restore them through your sovereign grace, through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Renew them and give them new hope and new life. Lord, we thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being diligent and faithful to the blood of Jesus Christ and his salvation for you. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from the Word of God. Here at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, we are here to help our community to be the light of Christ to all in this area. Please take hope and comfort in the fact that this season that we're in is temporary. It will come to an end. And when it does, Jesus Christ will be glorified. His Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, we will open our doors to public worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. To find out more about our church, please visit our website, sovereigngracebaptist.org. May God bless you and may He keep you safe.